Should I deal with my creditors outside of court? Where do I begin fixing my business? What are the uses for a balance sheet? Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Questions That Entrepreneurs Ask. I am Dylan Gallagher. This is my podcast where I take questions that either are asked of me directly from entrepreneurs or they are posted on Quora. And I think that they're relevant for folks that either I'm working with or situations that I'm familiar with. So thanks for tuning in. This is a bit of a special episode because on today's episode, I'm going to be answering two questions that are from listeners. How crazy is that? I had the opportunity over the past week of having lunch with a listener and learning about what's going on uh, with them and their business and uh, some of the work that we're doing together and what we could be doing better. And in addition to that, I was contacted by two new listeners this week. One from, let me just see here, runs a business in San Francisco. How crazy is that? All the way from San Francisco. And uh, the other listener that posted a question uh, is from just down the street from the city that I'm in. So very cool and uh, very excited to answer both of these questions. Uh, Again, a reminder, I do this because I find that in uh, the kind of experience that I have, very practical, very, very tactile. There's something that you can do with it as soon as you stop listening to this episode, and I'm hoping that it finds uh, its way into your day, that it is uh, some of the things that you hear today are helpful in either helping you solve a problem, uh, wrestle with a challenge, or maybe take advantage of an opportunity. So thanks for tuning in. Let's get started with the very first question, which is from, believe it or not, not making this up, Larry from San Francisco. It was quite an email exchange he and I had, but it sort of started off with the question of, should I deal with my creditors outside of court? And the email or the email exchange that we had going back and forth was around the IRS. So uh, for some of you listeners, the IRS is the equivalent of the CRA here in Canada. In the IRS, or in the US rather, the IRS is who you pay your taxes to, whether you're an individual or a business owner. And so um, uh, Larry owes this the IRS a bunch of money, but also has some loans. And it sounds like the loan is with a private investor who maybe took a mortgage out on Larry's building and is now uh, in a position where because he wasn't able to pay his taxes, the IRS has appointed a receiver over the business so that any of the cash that's coming in, the receiver will take and give to the IRS. But... Um, the note holder or the person that has the mortgage on the building, Larry's also got to pay uh, him too. And so Larry was reaching out to me and amongst other questions, uh, a little bit more technical around receiverships and bankruptcy and so forth. um, The one question that jumped out that I think is relevant for many folks who might be listening to this is, should I deal with my creditors outside of court? And the way Larry and I sort of talked about this is I I indicated to him that When a creditor appoints a receiver, which means the creditor no longer has any confidence in you, the borrower, that you're going to be able to fulfill your duties. So oftentimes they will appoint, the process is a little different in the U.S. and Canada, but um, the 
concept is the same, where a third party, a receiver, is appointed by the creditor to step in. They go to court. The receiver will step in and start taking over the affairs of the business and manage the business in such a way as to make sure that the creditor that appointed them receives all of their money. In this case, it was the IRS who's owed some tax money and appointed a receiver to step into Larry's business so that the receiver could uh, manage the business until such time as the IRS had been paid. Then the receiver leaves and Larry can continue managing his business and dealing with the rest of his challenges. Now there's like, you know, some technical stuff. There's some legal maneuvering. There's some strategy involved. But my point to Larry was a receiver doesn't cost nothing. And based on the various fee schedules available through court and through legislation and through law, receivers are, they tend to be very expensive or they can be very expensive. And so for the amount of money that the receiver was potentially going to take out of this business, um, uh, Larry and I had discussed that maybe it would be in his best interest to try and deal with the IRS and the note holder um, outside of court because any money spent on a receiver or any money from the business that went to the receiver to manage it on behalf of the creditor is really money that Larry doesn't get to benefit from. So if Larry has a plan that the IRS will support and that the note holder, the mortgage holder on his building, that they'll support it as well, then that means Larry just has to perform. And if Larry's able to perform and he can take care of the IRS and he can take care of the note holder, then he avoids the entire, um, the entire moment of going, uh, of going to court um, and having someone else step into his business that might not manage it the same way that he's managing it and sort of take some of his spare cash. So dealing with your creditors outside of court is always, 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 always the best option. Now, there are situations where Dealing with creditors outside of court can go terribly wrong as well. And uh, for those of you that listen to this podcast, you'll know that that was uh, the situation in a business that I was involved with where um, the creditors simply, because there were a handful of them that were uh, trying to achieve, uh, in my opinion, a bunch of different uh, goals all at the same time that were in conflict with each other. Um, the creditors, I think, were actually the ones that caused the business to fail and ultimately the creditors lost their money because of their own actions. And so uh, dealing with your creditors outside of court can be a little bit tricky, but certainly it is a better option than going through court uh, to do it. Be, it. Just even if it was mathematics only, if you go to court, it's not free. Got to pay for a lawyer. The other side, creditors, they have to pay for a lawyer. There's just a lot of money spent on lawyers, and they're the only ones that come out ahead. If you have a strategy or your intent is honest, or you are attempting to do the best job that you possibly know how to do and can be accountable to your creditors, then coming to some sort of an arrangement outside of court, uh, what I would refer to as sort of an informal proposal, um, is for sure the best thing to do. Now, uh, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a tax accountant, and so I know that there are other implications, but um, because Larry was the one that was asking the question, I know there's a lot of folks and entrepreneurs out there that might find themselves in a position where, do I, do I go to court? Do I let my creditors take me to court? Do I just sort of see, to see and wait to see what happens? But, you know, my answer, my style is, no, get on the phone, get on um, a conference call, get into a meeting, and talk to your creditors. But, 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 but. If I could show you the email string with Larry, it would prove this. 
you do have to have a plan. And you have to have a plan that's not based on the sun, moon, and stars. It has to be based on something that makes a lot of sense. And my starting point for what does that mean is typically tell me what the last 90 days in the business look like. I get it. Two years ago, you hit a home run. Last year was amazing. But now you're talking to creditors and life's not so good. So there's no point talking about things that don't make any sense. You might as well talk with the best information that you have. And in my opinion, the last 90 days, 120 days maybe, is probably the best information that you have. So if you can create a plan using that information as your baseline, then when you go to talk to creditors, at least you're telling them um, probably a a wholehearted truth um, instead of a half lie, and ultimately will probably get you um, a better result. And don't forget, on top of this, Creditors just want to be communicated with. Oftentimes what happens, um, and I know I'm way over the five-minute mark here per per question, but um, in this particular case, uh, creditors want to be communicated with because borrowers will often bury their head in the sand and just ignore the problem, and that ultimately leaves creditors with no other option but to pursue some sort of legal means or go to court, stand in front of a judge, hire lawyers, etc. And at the end of the day, could have avoided all of that if you just stepped up and talked to the folks that you owe money to and come up with some sort of resolution. Even if if you don't have a plan, you're not really sure what the resolution is, but even being able to say to them, here's where I am today, I'll call you at the end of the week and give you an update. Then I'll call you next week and give you another update. And although you might get tired of doing that, you might think it's a waste of time, just wait till you have to go to court and start dealing with lawyers. Then you'll wish that you had been communicating with your creditors all along. So, Should I deal with my creditors outside of court? The answer is yes. Next question. Where do I begin fixing my business? This question came to me from Vanessa. And Vanessa sent me this really great email um, sort of laying out where she is at in her career as an entrepreneur. She's a decade in, you know, following that typical arc of... um, of running a business that you've heard me talk about before. You start, you go, you hit some success, then you hit the skids, then you fall, then you pick yourself back up and you go twice as far on the next run. Well, Vanessa seems to be at the other side of the peak where she's coming down and she's not really sure. Um, I shouldn't say that, not that she's not really sure. She's seeking advice and some some direction and some opinion on maybe what she should be doing. And so uh, kind of the fundamental theme that popped out of our dialogue this past week was, where do I begin fixing my business? And um, for me, there's lots of different places to begin. I typically begin with the financial end of the business because that's usually the the reason people are getting in touch with me. It's their finances or something in their finances that have gone wrong. And so for me, the place to begin is figuring out, you know, kind of how did we get here? Now, I'm not going to go into the strategies about, uh, you know, how did you get here? What are the reasons? Uh, There are other podcast episodes where I talk about that at length. This particular episode, I want to focus on where do I begin fixing my business and using one kind of golden rule to help direct your efforts if you feel like you're not sure where to begin. And so uh, using Vanessa's uh, business as an example... She said that over the last 10 years, um, the particular business that she is in didn't require it, but she's managed to accumulate some debt on her balance sheet. And as soon as I heard that, I knew that that was probably the best place to start. The best place to start, in my opinion, is with your balance sheet. It's to look at your balance sheet 
and say to yourself, what is the one thing on here that I want to fix? And most times, if you go to the liability side of your balance sheet, you're going to see government taxes, or you might see payroll taxes, um, or you might see you know, an investor or a private lender that you owe money to. But I would pick one of the items on your balance sheet, and then I would say, that's the thing that I got to fix. I got to begin by you know all these other things in my business am i growing are my margins right is um do i have the right customers do i have the right people those are all really 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 important questions however if they don't have context they're really hard to answer and so what i try to do is put context around all of those questions by asking a simpler question which is let's pick something on your balance sheet and let's get rid of it in vanessa's case um she has sunk a lot of money into her business and incurred some debt. And so I had suggested that she might want to consider using that as the one thing to focus on. And what, and what that meant was, if you've got the debt, there's a dollar figure associated with that, that line item on your balance sheet. There's an amount of money that you need to make. So then let's start working backwards and figure out, um, using you know all of the information we have available to us, how long is it going to, if your business continues going along as it has over the last 90 to 120 to 180 days, using a reasonability test, um, is it reasonable? That's all the test is. Haha. <laughs> uh, is it reasonable that I can pay this debt off? If the answer is yes, then the next question is, how long would it take? In Vanessa's case, maybe it takes five years. Then the question becomes, okay, great. Now that we've established kind of the worst case scenario, if life just kept going and I just kept doing the same thing that I'm doing now and I needed to get rid of this, how long is it going to take? It's going to take five years. Great. Now, what would need to happen in the business in order to do it in two years? Oh, well, now I got to look at my margins. Now I got to look at the people in my business. Now I got to look at the customers I'm working with. Yada, 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 and so forth you go. As you begin fixing your business by picking one thing that you absolutely must do, paying off the government, uh, in Vanessa's case, paying off money that you've put in. If that becomes your guiding light, then everything else in the business will circle around it. So all of a sudden, when you start looking at your margins, you'd say to yourself, well, if these are the margins that I have to work with, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to take like five long years to do this. So if we had to double our margin, or if we had to increase our margin um, by 20% or 30%, what would that really look like? Would it mean we lower our costs? Would it mean we maybe hire different people? Would it mean that we change the kind of customer we're working with? Um, and so forth. So where do I begin fixing my business? I pick one thing from my balance sheet that I want to deal with, and I use that as my guiding light to help me come up with a business strategy um, that will get me through to achieving that goal. And as I'm forced to figure out how to achieve that goal of something on my balance sheet being taken care of, then I'm going to have to deal with inevitably all of the other broken things in my business that I'm uncertain about or I'm unclear about because now those things have context. I know what I'm trying to do, and so as I ask myself all these questions about my business, I now know what the answer uh, has to line up with in order for it to make sense. Okay, last question on this episode of Questions Entrepreneurs Ask is, what are the uses for a balance sheet? Well, <laughs> given, given the uh, previous question and answer. Um, you've probably already discovered something a little bit about your balance sheet, which is it tells you, you know, who do you owe money to? But the balance sheet 
is actually quite a simple document to look at. Again, if you've got some basic things to keep in mind, uh, look at your personal life for a minute. And as you're considering your personal financial life, in your head, come up with a list of things that you own. And then come up with a list of, of people that you owe, be it the government, visa, your mortgage, etc. Subtract those two numbers, subtract what you own from what you owe, and what's left over is your personal net worth. That's how much money, if you were to liquidate everything, pay everything off, what the difference between those two numbers is represents your net worth. In some cases, depending on where you are in your life, it might be negative. In some cases, it might be positive. But the point is that's called your personal net worth statement. Well, a balance sheet is basically a personal net worth statement for a business. On the one side, it shows you all of the things that your business owns, the assets. On the other side, it shows you all of the people and companies that your business owes. If you subtract what your business owns and you take away the things that it owes, you're left over with shareholder equity uh, or, or in simple terms, net worth. What is your business actually worth? Now, I know, I know there's people listening going, Dylan, there's like a bunch of different ways to figure out what your business is worth. I understand that. But what are the uses for a balance sheet? The very simple use for a balance sheet is to say to yourself, when I sell a bunch of stuff and I pay off my expenses and I've got profit left over, where is that profit going? The answer is it goes to your balance sheet. It either shows up on the asset side because you have money in the bank or you've bought an assets, you've bought an equipment or inventory, or it shows up in equity because you use the money to pay off, you've used the profit to pay off um, your liabilities and the folks that you owe money to. So that that's one use. One use is to say, what is my business worth? And if you want to take it kind of another step, maybe something that's a little bit more practical, this is, this is always interesting when I do this for the first time with an entrepreneur that's never really looked at their balance sheet. Most entrepreneurs know their profit and loss statement really well. They say, we, we sell 100 widgets. Uh, this is what it costs us with our overhead to sell 100 widgets. And we kind of make this much profit. So most entrepreneurs can talk about that fairly easily. Entrepreneurs have a tougher time talking about their balance sheet because it's a little bit more abstract. So what I do is I will take uh, six months in a row, last day of the month, and I will line up in six columns on an Excel spreadsheet because I am an Excel spreadsheet whiz. Although, um, recently have had uh, someone join our team who is far superior to me, so it's been a little bit humbling, but that's beside the point. Um, I put six columns together, and I basically just show what the balance sheet looked like as an example on January the 31st. What did you own? What did you owe? What was the equity? Then on February 28th, same thing. Then on March 31st, then on April 30th, then on May 31st, then on June 30th, and over six months, if, if you just line up your balance sheet month over month over month over month, what you should see is a bunch of movement. You should either see your assets going up and your liabilities going down. In my case, oftentimes I see the liabilities going up and the assets coming down and the equity being reduced. But if you just take a even a three-month snapshot and look at your balance sheet, what you're actually looking at is, if we were profitable, where did the profit end up? Did we increase the things that our business owns, the cash or the inventory or the equipment? Or did we pay off our debt? Like our assets might be exactly the same, but maybe we paid down our accounts payable, or maybe we paid off our taxes, or, or maybe we paid off uh, some of our loan. So that would mean that, our, that if you took our assets, which are exactly the same, and you, you now subtracted these 
uh, liability balances that are lower, it means that I'm, my business now has more equity, right? Using that example of your personal net worth statement. So those are kind of the two uses. What, it, what is our, my business worth? And then what's really happening with the cash in my business? Where is it going? And some of you, won't name names, Sonny, um, but some of you right now are going, wait a minute, wait, my brain doesn't really work like that. Like I'm more of a conceptual, I'm, I'm creative, I like the thing that my business does, the product or the service um, that it offers. Um, not really the numbers guy, Dylan, but if you know that about yourself, that's the hardest part because what you should be doing then is you should be coming to someone um, who does love the numbers and has no creative creativity in them whatsoever and, and say to them, look, I heard this guy, Dylan, he told me, I got to look at my balance sheet like six months in a row and it should tell me where, where my cash is going. Can you help me? If, if you've got a bookkeeper, if you've got an accountant, um, or you've got someone within arm's reach that uh, can do those things for you, then give it to them and ask them for help. And really, it's not hard to do, but if it, if it doesn't naturally work for your character or the kind of person that, that you are, the things that you understand, then get someone to help you with it because it's a, an incredibly eye-opening exercise when you are able to see, assuming that your business is making money, where did it go? And if your business is not making money, then how did you pay your bills? Most times the way you paid your bills if you're not making money is you should see that your accounts payable has gone up or maybe your taxes have gone up because the money you were supposed to be using to pay for that stuff you didn't pay for because you had to pay for payroll, so all those balances should go up. But it's a pretty interesting exercise to take a look at. So what are the uses for a balance sheet? To see what your business is worth. And if you line them up month over month over month, you should be able to see where the profit in your business or lack of profit in your business um, is showing up. So hopefully you found this episode helpful. Shout out to uh, Larry and Vanessa for the questions that showed up here on this episode. Thanks very much. And if you've got questions, feel free to send them over. I'm pretty easy guy to find out in the internets, as it were. Um, not super active on social media, but you can post a question to Quora. You can jump on LinkedIn. You can send me an email and uh, I'd be happy to help. And hopefully this episode put a maybe a stone in your shoe or got you thinking about a few things or maybe uh, will set you down on a path to begin addressing some of the things in your business that you weren't really sure how to do. So until next time, thanks for listening. And I look forward to connecting with you um, at some point down the road.